Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. One of our daughters the other day was in the backseat of the car, and she asked my wife and I, how do I pet a snowflake? <laughs> we, we both looked at each other and we were definitely chuckling because we both have a different definition of snowflake than our daughter does. <laughs> it did get me thinking though, because it does seem just as impossible to communicate with a liberal as it is to pet a snowflake. And I, I have had countless discussions with so many leftist-leaning individuals over the years, and, and I've, I've learned a few things that might help us to answer this question. I have had many conversations with conservative friends who just can't understand how many liberals act the way that they do and support the things that they support. It just doesn't make any logical sense to them. And when they try to have a, a rational conversation about the issues, they're just called names or discounted or, or whatever. The, the, the productive conversation just doesn't seem to happen. Well, here on the Uncommon Sense podcast, we are all about open and honest communication. And so I wanted to talk today about how to pet a snowflake. If you are liberal-minded in your, in your politics, this podcast is not a hit piece on you. It is not an attempt to make you look bad or embarrass you. It is not intended to, to offend you either. Uh, it is just an attempt to communicate to those who are m more conservative in their worldview how to understand and ultimately communicate with you. We have uh, 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 some friends. There are some couple friends of ours that we like to hang out with quite a lot. And, and they said something to us the other night that kind of raised our eyebrows. <laughs> they said that they had someone come to them and ask how they could associate with us after finding out how we stand on politics. This was a liberal person that could not understand how this couple would want to spend any time whatsoever with someone who was conservative. <laughs> Why would you not want to just insulate yourself around good people was the thinking. This, this was a person that could not understand that there were people that, that thought differently than her. And hanging around those kind of people was completely unnerving and just out of the question. So why is this important? Well, I believe that as we understand others and our differences, it helps us, it, it just helps give us more patience with each other. And what I mean by that is that I may not agree with you and the decisions that you make, but if I can understand why you made those, those decisions and, and, and your thinking when you made those decision, decisions, um, it helps lessen the frustration I personally get from seeing you make those decisions. And, and it also helps me communicate better with you in the future. Let, let me give you an example. 
when I was a lead pastor of a church, there was an influx of some younger people to the church. And this was a welcome sight to many. Uh, but for some, it caused a little bit of frustration. These millennials did, did not think the same way that many of the older boomers did. And it was hard for them to interact in their small groups and their fellowship times and things like that. As our church board was made up of some of the older boomers, uh, I had to have a conversation with them about this particular issue. And in a board meeting, one of the members asked why so many young people refused to believe that the Bible was 100% true. And they, you know, had had several conversations with them about the facts of why the Bible is true. And, and all they did was get emotional about it and say something like, well, that's your truth. <laughs> and so this board member, he asked me, how can they say that's your truth, but not my truth? Truth is truth. It, it doesn't change depending on the person. Well, what I had to convey is that many of that generation looked at the world differently than they did. It was not saying that there was no such thing as absolute truth, but that we had to understand the way that this generation of people thought before we could communicate with them. Many of the millennial generation, you know, had not, uh, they, they didn't believe in absolute truth. They, they believed that truth was fluid. The sky could be blue one day, but not the next. Things were only truth to you if they matched up with your experiences and expectations. If you had been bitten by a dog in your life, for instance, then your truth was that dogs were a, a dangerous animal and, and not really a loyal friend or, you know, a, a, a cuddly pet by any means. If you told that person that dogs were very cute and cuddly and, and they needed to have one, then they would say that you're crazy and that you could never convince them that they needed to get one. Their truth was that the dog was dangerous and should never be someone's pet. Well, this board member could not really wrap his head around how a person could think this way. He was so frustrated. And he said to me, how can someone not believe in absolute truth? Well, you would be like, like blowing a, a, a kite in the wind. You'd be like, a, like this kite and it's a, on a windy day and you'd be blowing this way and that depending on your experiences and, and, and who, you know, it, it, who you listen to uh, would make a huge difference. And, and how you felt on that day would blow you a certain direction. And I said this, you know, this, what he was saying was true, but it didn't change that this is the way many people saw the world. And, and that's, that gets us to how to understand a snowflake. Number one, leftists rely on feelings. And this is a huge, huge point. I've had many leftists uh, deny this and say, you know, I'm, I'm all wet and, 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 you know, this is not, not a, 
a truth at all. <laughs> uh, I guess maybe it's, it's just my truth. <laughs> but but I, I, I truly believe that leftists rely on feelings. God wired us all differently. Some he made very logical, others he made very emotional. And he made us to have a combination of the two to be a balanced person. One thing about emotions is that you never want to make decisions based off of them. I have found, for example, that it is never a good idea to go to the the grocery store and go grocery shopping when I am feeling hungry. (laughs) You may have found the same thing. I always feel like I need way more food (laughs) when I'm feeling that way than than when I go and and I logically rationalize each purchase. I I just watched a couple that have a vlog that sent out a video uh, that they made when they were really angry about something. And it was kind of entertaining, the the video, but they had to put out another video the next day apologizing for what they had said in their anger in that first video. They promised to try to calm down <laughs> the next time, and they were upset about something. They, they, if they were ever going to be upset about something again, that they would wait to make their video to get out of those emotions and be able to logically put together what they wanted to say. But liberals are usually very emotional and they rely on these emotions and these feelings to make decisions and and come up with their ideologies. Many leftists view life through this emotional lens. And what they support is based on how they feel about it. Things are usually put into categories of good and bad. Uh, Things that make them feel good are things that they are in favor of, and things that make them feel bad are things they oppose. In order to talk with a a liberal-minded person, you usually have to appeal to their emotions. This can absolutely frustrate a logical person. that, that wants to have, you know, positions that are uh, consistent with each other. Conservatives usually very, they're, they're very guarded um, from the appearance of having inconsistencies in their positions. Many times they, they will think through the, the logical conclusion of things uh, that, that they support or, or oppose. Uh, they will compare it to historical precedent and, and see if what they believe is really true in practice. And, Things that look good on paper but don't produce results are discarded as failures. That's kind of a logical, rational way of looking at things. Well, liberals, on the other hand, use feelings as their overriding decision-making process. This often puts them into just hypocritical positions, to be honest. But to a liberal, it's okay because it's not a logical thing. For example, liberals hated President Donald Trump. He was the big, loud, opinionated orange guy, right? And he stood for many things that they did not. So he was classified as bad, right? Anything that he did and said from then on was something they had to oppose. And it didn't matter what it was. It didn't matter if he was in favor of giving Christmas presents to orphans. 
they would oppose it saying that separation of church and state, <laughs> you know, you can't give presents to or- orphans, you know, and, and use taxpayer money or whatever, because, because he was bad and orange. <laughs> they, they, they would say that, that he was a member of the KKK and, and uh, spoken in code to white supremacists with every speech because his father had something to do with, you know, housing and rentals to minorities in the past or something. But, you know, liberals will support President Biden, even though he was a major supporter himself of segregation and and has made many racist statements in the past. This is the kind of hypocrisy that frustrates logical conservatives to no end. Because it makes no rational sense. Because liberals are so tied into their feelings, the ends justifies the means. This often comes from the fact that many liberals and and conservatives come from two different worldviews altogether. Many conservatives come from a, a religious point of view, and they rely on God to tell them, what is right and what is wrong, and they try to emulate the qualities of Christ. Not everyone, but that's that's the the general uh, thing there. The Bible tells them not to lie, so if they have to lie to get to what they desire, then they will forego what they desire many times. They have a, a set of standards and principles. They, they, they tend to stand on principle a lot more, and they use those principles to guide them in the process as well as the result. Uh, Liberals, on the other hand, usually look at what they see as good and fair and kind and focus on that. And they, and they justify their actions to get there by saying that, you know, it's all for a good cause. Well, liberals also don't mind if something is um, not very effective. Uh, They, they just want to know that you are trying and you're good. You can be terrible at your job, spending a massive amount of money and not getting anything accomplished. But if you are seen as as trying and you're seen as a good guy, then you'll be supported. This goes to a part of the of the reason that that liberals are so in favor of government control and programs, since their worldview is that there is no God for the most part, then God has to to do, uh, then I'm sorry, government has to do it all. If there is a God, then he is all about love and goodness and government is only trying to make everything fair for everyone, right? (laughs) Another thing to remember is liberals get offended and offended and offended. (laughs) Being offended is something that liberals use all the time. Even if they are not personally offended by something that you say or do, they will be offended for someone else that might be offended by what you say or do. (laughs) This is because being offensive means that you're mean and evil and you don't care about others. So if you offend someone, then you are a bad and, and, and wrong person and, and you can't be supported. One of the worst things in the world to a liberal is to be offended because it makes you feel bad. The world would, would be a much, much better place if we all 
were on the same page and and believed the, the same things. This way, no one would would be offended, and the world would be a much nicer, kinder place. So, this is what liberals are striving for in most cases. This also leads us to another characteristic of of, of a liberal, and liberals need everyone to think like them, so they feel good about their positions. Liberals hate to be all alone uh, in in the way that they think. Loneliness is a bad emotion, and we can't have that. Since loneliness makes us feel bad, we have to make sure that everyone likes and 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 thinks the same way that that we do. Um, conservatives would say, you know, you believe what you believe, and I'll believe what I believe, and we'll go our separate ways. But liberals can't do that since it makes them feel bad. And if you disagree with them, then that does not feel good. And you have to be bad and, 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 and convince, you know, convince that, 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 that you like, you have to convince them that you like them. If, if what you believe and support is different than theirs, then you are bad and evil since what you believe is in support of love fairness and kindness. So, so with this in mind, with, with all of this in mind, let, let me answer some of the questions that I get a lot from conservatives about liberals. Uh, number one would be why are so many liberals hostile to religion? I get this all the time. Well, I would say, first of all, as a worldview, you either believe in a God that is active and in the world, or you have to think that we are on our own and need all kinds of controlling governments. I mean, even if you do believe in a God as a liberal, oftentimes you believe in a God that doesn't really have anything to do with us. He just kind of like put things into motion and then went on hiatus. And so it's up to us and a, and a controlling government to, to make sure everything is good and fair. And it's, it's, it's a kind of spiritual war, really. And because religion sets rules and tells people that if they break them, you know, these, these rules and, and they separate themselves from God, then, then they're sinning. Well, wow, that's a terrible feeling if we're, you know, if we're sinners. So that, that keeps people from, you know, doing things that make them feel good. They, they tell people that they're sinning and that makes them feel bad. And so obviously we have to be against that. Another question is why are so many liberals hostile to the military? Because that's that's just prominent. That we, we can look down through history and see that over and over and over again. Uh, we just talked about that not too long ago on a podcast. Because and and I would say because the troops tend to be conservative, so they're evil, right? Conservatives are always evil, uh, and and they can't support that. They can't support conservatism. Uh, the other thing is that the job of the military is to kill people and break things. I mean, that's what it boils down to. Um, this is what they're trained to do, is to kill people and break things. And this can't be supported as it makes most liberals feel like bad people, if they do. Everything should be about talking with those that hate us. Let me, uh, you know, letting, letting them know that we feel what they feel. And then they'll, you know, calm down and they'll like us, right? That's kind of the, the mentality. I, I'll give you a great example of this was right after 9-11, uh, when instead of looking at what we need to do to stop terrorists from attacking us again, they were asking, what did we do 
to make them so mad that they'd want to attack us. <laughs> Their focus was on trying to get the terrorists to feel better about the U.S. And, and it's just a completely different mindset. So another question I get is, why are so many liberals unpatriotic? Well, the new power word for leftists is nationalism. How dare you look at the United States of America and think of it as better than anywhere else? If you are a Christian, especially, you should be concentrating on God, not country. It makes, it makes liberals feel morally superior to rant about what's wrong with their own country. I mean, they're, they're enlightened. They're woke if they can do that, right? Plus, as an, an added, added bonus, people from other nations agree with them, and that makes them feel good as well. So it's a double whammy. And we see this in their, in their policies against you know, securing the borders. We need to have open borders where anyone and everyone who wants to come and be a citizen of this country can. And if, if we build a wall to tell people no, that they can't live here, that is being mean. And, and they can't support that. Wouldn't it be just utopian if there were no such thing as borders or countries? That, you know, what, what if the world was one big country with one big government to rule over it? Of course, we know that the world will end up going that way because that's what the Bible says will happen at end times. But, uh, but <laughs> that's the way liberals think. So another question, why do so many liberals have so much confidence in the government? Well, we, we touched on it, you know, just a little bit ago, uh, and with, because with liberals, it's not about whether something works or not. It's about how it makes them feel. So you have to keep that in mind. So if, if they can look at the IRS, let's say, or the post office or airport security or FEMA, whatever, and, and, and they can say that these are the same people we want handling our health care. <laughs> Because it's, it's about making themselves feel good that they got people insured. Not about getting the best system of health care for everyone or anything like that. It's not about if the government will do a good job of providing a certain service. You as a conservative can, can ask all day long for a liberal to name just one government agency that is more you know, effective and efficient and doing a better job than the private sector does. And it doesn't matter. It's, it's not about that. It's about them feeling good about what they're trying to do, or at least look like they're trying to do. It is more about perception, not results with liberals. They desperately want people to see them as trying to do good so that they can feel good about themselves. All right, moving on. Another, another question. Why do so many liberals have so much confidence in the UN? Well, much like what we just talked about uh, applies here on a global scale. The UN may be corrupt, anti-American, and utterly incompetent, but the, it makes liberals feel good to think that they're sending money to the poor in some far-off country. Sure, it's it's not their money, and <laughs> and almost all the money may be wasted or stolen or even used against them by some tyrannical government, but it, it's the thought that counts, Right. Have you ever watched one of those Emmy or Oscar award shows? You know, first they they walk down the aisle in some $30,000 dress, like like some strutting rooster or something. And then it's, it's like a look at me, look at me type thing. 
And then they put on a wonderful face for the camera and they talk about some cause that they are you know, promoting. They're promoting this cause because it makes them look like they're caring and loving. It's, it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's all for show really. It's, it's like their, their TV shows and their movies. It's just fake. They, they want you to think that they are some wonderful person because they're fighting for the end of sex trafficking, for instance, or something, but they're against the building of a wall on our Southern border where the majority of the sex traffickers make their way here. You know, this is, this is hypocrisy and, and it's overlooked because they are, you know, such wonderful people using their platform for good. It's just, that, that's, that's how they can justify it. Another question is, why are liberals so hostile to successful people who don't happen to be celebrities or trial lawyers or big donors to the Democratic Party, of course, right? Again, this is another great opportunity, in my opinion, for them to feel morally superior. They can feel like good people because they want to give money to the poor, and granted, not their money, but you know, rich people's money. Right? The, the, the rich have so much and the poor have so little. So why shouldn't liberals take it from them and then pat themselves on the back for you know, their compassion? Again, their hypocrisy does not matter to them. AOC can wear a dress that says, tax the rich across her butt, right? And yet the, the maker of her dress owns a home in LA worth $1.6 million that she just bought last year. But not just that, this dressmaker, the designer, um, Aurora James, she, she has been hit with 15 different tax warrants since 2015 alone. You know, between April uh, 2018 and April 2019, the, the IRS placed six federal liens on her agency, totaling $103,000. But does this hypocrisy matter? No, because she is trying her hardest to get the wonderful message of taxing the rich to anyone who will hear it. She is a good person trying to do a good thing. And if we support her, then we are good people ourselves too, right? And can feel good about ourselves. Again, I, I want to say here that I am not trying to do a hit piece on those that operate on their emotions and feelings. What I'm trying to do is help those that operate more on a, on a logic uh, type of basis to understand those that do not. You, you, you see... Logical conservatives find very hard to understand those that don't think logically, just like those that think with their emotions have a hard time seeing rational, logical people as anything but mean. This is why it doesn't matter what a conservative says. They're always called racists in the end. I mean, these these conservatives can't possibly be what they say. If they did, they wouldn't be so mean. Uh, they, they are just nasty people only looking out for themselves. And so liberals are the ones that are promoting love and acceptance. And this is also why liberals hate the media. They, that, that, that say, um, you know, that, that anything different than than what they believe they, they're coming against, whether it be Fox news or anything else. If you show them a fact or a study that does not match their preconceived narrative, they will just dismiss it. I, I have had several liberals say to me that they don't get their information from 
anyone but liberal sources, because if they did, they might be swayed to to think differently. And they don't want that. They can't have that because they would be one of those mean, nasty conservatives that, you know, think for themselves. I am still a believer in open and honest communication. I still believe in the power of, of productive discussion. But to do that with a leftist liberal, it takes understanding their mindset. And here are just a few tips. We're going to end with these, these few tips that might help you pet a snowflake. Number one, try not to trigger them. <laughs> I know this can be very hard and kind of like dancing in a minefield, but, but you have to do it or the conversation is done. As soon as you blast through their comfort zone with some slam of someone, you know, that they idolize, you, you have now become irreparably mean. Even if they call you every name in the book, you just can't go there or it's over. Number two, show that you are sympathetic to the liberals' goals. And let me explain. They believe that they have the moral high ground. If you show that you think that the person's ultimate goal is admirable or that you recognize the person's concerns, they will be more likely to listen to your solutions, even if, you know, they're, they're not theirs. You have found some common ground with them. Number three, if possible, provide the liberal with facts from non-threatening sources. Now, they, they will be less likely to, to dismiss you uh, and dismiss the facts or studies that you that you uh, have have from sources uh, of news that they don't trust. Um, that if you if you provide them those uh, facts and those studies and 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 whatever you're you're um, you know having your your discussion about, if you provide those things from sources that they do trust, then they're less likely to dismiss those things, even if you originally found it on a conservative source, see if you can cite it from one of their type sources. Um, number four, talk about your experiences and story. If you can get them to feel what you're saying, they are a lot more likely to listen to what you're saying. It, it can't be fake. It, it has to be real. But if they feel you're coming from a good place, you're half the way towards having a productive, productive discussion. Um, number five, don't lecture. Instead, seek understanding and agreement. If, if you come across as a know-it-all, they will dismiss you as mean and offensive. If you can find areas of agreement and compliment them, it will make them feel better about themselves and the conversation. And number six, remember the goal is to get them to think, not just feel. You will have achieved a good thing if you can give them a nugget of truth that they can then chew on for a while. It, it doesn't even need to be consumed, that nugget fully in front of you. But there comes times when you can see that you have hit upon something that makes them think and makes them say, hmm, at that point, you need to do it at number seven, and that is stop when you're ahead. 
<laughs> when, when you have given them that thing that is going to make them think, just simply stop there. If you continue, you will ultimately dismiss everything that they, they will dismiss you. It doesn't matter what you've given them. Even if you've given them some, something to think about, they'll dismiss everything that you've, you've gotten to altogether. And, and, and never undo what you have accomplished by getting emotional yourself. Just drop the nugget of truth and come back another time for another discussion. I have found if, if you can follow these things, you can have some pretty productive discussions. And again, I am a firm believer that open and honest communication is a good thing. And you may agree, you may disagree, but I would love to hear from you. And you can always do that at UncommonSensePodcast.com. Thank you very much for listening. This podcast is a production of Organite Communications.